Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today we have Brent Huffman. How you doing, Brent? Good afternoon, Alex. The uh, the topic today is knock knock. Who's there? Uh oh, it's OSHA. What the hell do I do now? Um, and we have the perfect guest to tell us everything about that. So, Brent, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are today, and then we'll get right into it so we can tell people what they should and shouldn't do when OSHA comes knocking. Wow, awesome, Alex, man. I'm, 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 what a pleasure to be here with you on this podcast, The Lean Zone so a little bit about myself. Uh, I started out in construction 2004. And so I got about 16 years underneath my belt. But I didn't really get into the safety side of things till about nine years ago. And it was sort of uh, one of those positions that I got into as a, hey, I got to find my niche in this thing. This construction world is a is a big business. And I saw a need for small businesses, medium-sized business that didn't have a designated safety person in their company, that they needed help. They had no idea what they needed when somebody like OSHA came knock-knocking on their door. And so I started my own business about two and a half years ago, and I'm helping some small businesses now, and, I, and, and it's just it's wonderful. And I'm teaching at Florida International University. I'm teaching the construction safety to the next generation that's coming along. And we're doing the OSHA Training Institute there. We're teaching the OSHA 500 classes. It's, it's just it's a it's a great opportunity that I was given. I'm I'm, I'm very happy. So you spend most of your time either teaching students, soon to be construction professionals, yes. as well as the folks in the field getting their what their OSHA 10, their OSHA 30, um, ladder yeah. safety, trench safety. Yes, and then I'm also teaching the trainers that want to teach OSHA 10 and 30. So I'm teaching the 500 course. I'm teaching the OSHA 510. I'm teaching other trainers how to train more. So I'm giving back and just I'm just getting more people into the safety profession. So I've even I've even taught the director of my program at FIU. I taught him how to be a safety trainer. I've taught former professors of mine how to be a safety trainer in OSHA. So it's like, it's coming full circle for me now. It's, it's That's great. You're the teacher wonderful. to the teachers. I'm the teacher of the teacher to the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us maybe a little bit of background about OSHA. How many, how many, you know, we're in South Florida. Um, so what, you know, how, li- as a, as a construction professional myself, how likely is it that OSHA is just going to show up on their own? On, on my job site. Is that something I should even so be worried let's, about? Let's talk the numbers real quick. Let's just throw some numbers out to you. So OSHA is a small agency and the Department of Labor. Okay. Their annual budget is around $500 million. Now you say $500 million is a lot of money. But in the government sector, a half a billion dollars is really nothing. That's a small agency. So there's two parts to their agent. They have their federal partners, their federal OSHA, and then they have their state partners, which is the state-run plan. So some of the states have their own OSHA state-run plans. In Florida, we're a federal plan. 
So we have approximately 2,100 OSHA inspectors to cover statewide, all, the whole state. No, 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 the, all, all, all states. Oh wow, 2,100, okay. and we're covering approximately 130 million workers employed at more than eight million work sites around the nation. And to be clear, <laughs> so you that, want that math? You know, we're, ta- about- we're, we're talking construction. That's what you and I. Yes. You know, focus a lot of our time on, but OSHA is everywhere. That's at uh, agricultural sites. Yeah, general uh, industry, factories. maritime, construction. So they've got right. to cover. They've got to cover all these sectors, right? Private sectors. We're not talking about covering the government sectors. It's only private sectors, and they've got to cover with twenty one hundred inspectors. One in, one compliance officer got to cover about fifty nine thousand workers on average. Seems like a needle in the haystack. <laughs> so how likely are they to show up? So so what do you see then, again, before we get like into what to do, what do you see as the primary basis for OSHA showing up on a job site when there isn't a reported accident? Let's start with that, right? Because that's so, – right. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. Their primary focus – on inspections is imminent danger. What's imminent danger? OSHA compliance officer driving down the road sees some worker, somebody doing something dangerous. They have the right to pull over and stop the unsafe act before somebody gets hurt or there's a fatality, somebody dies. So that's their primary role. It's not to go out and find you know fatalities and hospitalizations and you know, investigate them. That's sort of their second task. So first primary thing, worker safety. We want to we want to locate the imminent danger and we want to stop it before anybody gets hurt or before anybody dies. So that's where most people see OSHA on a random basis. Not they're coming knock knocking for a reason. How about how about reporting by employees Workers, disgruntled employees, disgruntled workers. How often is that an issue? So let's talk about reporting because we don't, we're, 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 we have two responsibilities. We're reporting as an employer and we're reporting to OSHA as an employee. Okay, so two different ways that we sort of talk to OSHA. So let's do, talk the first one. Reporting as an employee, two reasons why you need to report to them. Fatality or hospitalization. Fatality, you have to report to them in eight hours. Hospitalization, uh, there's a hospitalization, loss of an eye, amputation. Report to them in 24 hours. So the reporting system, we're not going to really go into that. It's three ways to report. You call them on the phone. You report on the internet or you fax them a form over to their office, local area office or the 1-800 number, and, and, and you report the information like that. So the other reporting can be done by a worker. Okay, those are what we call worker complaints or referrals. It doesn't have to be a disgruntled employee, but can be an employee that asks their supervisor, hey, we need to fix this unsafe act. It continues on. Nobody fixes it. It becomes a recurring incident. That worker has a right to file a complaint and refer the job site or the employer to OSHA, and then they will investigate it. That is actually their third uh, in this in their sequence. So first we had imminent danger, 
Then we had fatalities or hospitalizations. And then the third one is worker complaints or referrals. And remember, those worker complaints or referrals protected by whistleblower protection. Right. So we can't, we can't. No we, retaliation. We, we've heard a lot of stuff about whistleblowers in the recent news. So. Yeah. No retaliation for work for any, no, anybody that's covered not. by the whistleblower. Absolutely um, not. So, okay. So now we got the background. Tell me what we should do. I'm, I'm a, I'm a project exec. I'm a super, I am now on my job site and knock, knock. Who is it? It's OSHA. What is it that I have to do? What is it that they're going to ask me to do that? And this is where I think is the, is the most important thing for people to understand. What is it that they're going to ask me to do that I can say no to? Look, let's just paint the picture for everybody. Think about your office. Think about the front door of your office. OSHA is going to knock on the front door of your office. And just paint your picture. What does your front door look like? So you're going to go up and you're going to answer the front door. And you open the door and you see a regular person there standing there. He's got a, a credentials hanging around his neck. And you ask him, sir, who are you? And he'll introduce himself. I'm so-and-so. I'm an OSHA compliance officer. He's going to identify himself and he's going to present his credentials to you so you know who he is. So a federal officer has federal credentials with him. So everybody asked me, how do I know he's real? How do I know he is who he says he is? Maybe he's a, maybe he's a phony that you know, came down the road. Maybe he's sent by my competitor. I always tell everybody, call your local area office and verify the OSHA inspector is who he says he is. Where's our local area office in this area? So you and I, Alex, we work here in South Florida. Our local area office is in Fort Lauderdale. You can look up the number on OSHA's website, or you can call the 1-800 number, 1-800-342-OSHA, and verify the inspector is who he says he is. We're in South Florida. There's a lot of funny people around, walking around. So that's the first step, I say. It's sort of the, the introduction. He presents his credentials. You verify and he comes into his into your business. You you should invite him in. Sort of think about it as if, if you get pulled over by a police officer. The attitude is everything. Attitude sort of drives the conversation between the two of you. This guy's a normal human being. Treat him with respect, and he'll do the same for you. That's always good advice. Yeah. So there's. So now he's he's you've you've invited him in. You've uh, poured him a cup of coffee, <laughs> and what like what what is he gonna want to see? What is it that I should have available? Uh, what should I not be scrambling for? And again, I'm gonna come back to this question, which is, what is he? What could he or she ask me for that I should say no to, okay, or I could say no to? So. Here, here's what I say you need to have ready. You need to have your OSHA logs ready. What are your OSHA logs? Is everybody? I hope everybody's familiar at this point with the OSHA 300, the 300A, the 301. The 301. Uh, if everybody just listened to this podcast, we're here. Uh, it's February 20th. You were supposed to post your OSHA summary February 1st and then take it down April 30th. And we post that stuff from 2019 so it should have already been done if you haven't done it yet you're 20 days late to the party so should you still do it 
Absolutely, you have or is to. It does, it, no, 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 you okay. got to. So, so even, even if you're late, you should still post. No, no, you gotta, you gotta get it done. You, you gotta get the human okay. resources people. You gotta get the payroll people together. You gotta get your safety professional together. You gotta get those that summary filled out. It's got to be signed by the executive in your office. Don't don't delay. Get that done. And you've got to keep it for five years. So we got to keep 19, 18, 17, 16, all the way back to 15. I remember when you came and spoke at the Miami Construction Forum uh, and you talked about that. Uh, you, you had a lot of people uh, <laughs> surprised because just looking at the the people's faces, it was clear that a lot of people weren't doing that. No, a lot of them don't, or, or they are not putting anything on their logs. They've got all kinds of workers' injuries and all kinds of stuff. And I say, hey, where's your summary at? I just want to see your summary. I want to see how many uh, employees were hurt or lost time last year. And they say, yeah, we had four or five guys. So, okay, they gave me their summary. And there's nothing on it. It's nothing written on it. It's blank. Um, just uh, some of the other things they're going to want to see. They're, they're, they're going to tell you, hey, where's your OSHA poster? Where's your legal poster posted at where it tells you why OSHA was created, what your rights are under OSHA, why it's the law. That is a mandatory thing that needs to be posted in your workplace in an inconspicuous area. So so the OSHA inspector, he's sitting in my conference room, uh, my job site trailer. (laughs) He's drinking my coffee. Uh, he's going to want to see all of this. What else is he going to want to see or is he going to ask me about that I should be ready for? He's going to want to see uh, employee training records. So we're talking about documentation now. If it's not documented, it didn't happen. I tell that to all my clients. Document, put a training file together for every one of your employees and document their training. They're going to want to see that stuff. I can't tell you how many people don't have this. So those are just three things. They they may ask for some other stuff, but let's before we get too carried away about what everything OSHA is looking for, let's let's just break down the OSHA inspection into four basic steps. We talked about the first one already, which was presentation of credentials. That's the first step. Second step is going to be your opening conference. Opening conference going to come in sit down at your conference room table like you said he's drinking coffee you've given him some training records you've given him some documentation then he's going to tell you or he or she could be a woman they're going to tell you why they're there what brought osha to your organization after that happens you're going to do a job site walk around or a facility walk around they're going to walk around your facility i highly highly encourage you that a safety representative uh somebody with knowledge about safety in mind osha regulations walk with that osha inspector because he may point things out to you that you can fix right away you know how to take care of it right away don't let the stuff linger because the more stuff that lingers the more stuff he's going to write up um, he's going to want to speak to may, maybe speak to workers uh, privately. Uh, you know, workers can point out hazards while he's there. And like, oh man, OSHA's here. <laughs> Look at all this stuff. So uh, you're 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 going to do now, a here's an important question. Yeah. You know, again, I, I keep coming back to this. If he says that he wants to do the the site 
tour, can I say no? Should I say no? You know, you can't say no. People have said no before, but they can go get a judge and they go, can go get a warrant and they can come back and they can inspect your place. There's some documents that they may have to request via some type of judge. Uh, some of those right. documents may be protected by uh, you know, some of the other laws that are in place. We'll just use the HIPAA law as an example. Uh, they may be required to request those documents you know, through a process. You don't have to just throw everything at them right away. But the, 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 you know, having your OSHA poster up, having training records, and you know, having uh, uh, your, your OSHA uh, summary posted, that stuff's got to happen. So they're going to they're gonna look at those things first before they go to, into the real depth of you know, what they really want. So, so now they've walked around or I've walked them or I've walked around. Please, with please, them. please what? accompany them. Do not let them right. walk unattended. And what's the, why, what's, why is that so important? Because you want to know everything that they point out. You want to, you, you could correct some of the hazards immediately. Maybe they see a guy uh, not wearing his hard hat and you say, Hey Johnny, put your hard hat on right away. Boom. And he puts it on. But if he continues to walk around the area with no hard hat on, he's going to say, hey, man, you're exposing workers to, you know, struck by and, and, and you know, there, there he goes. He's going to start writing. So you, you, I, enc- I highly encourage every employer out there to accompany the OSHA inspector as he walks around your organization. So we've we've got the, we've got the first one, which is presentation and credentials. We've done the opening conference. We've done the job site walk around, and the last one is going to be a closing conference. Going back to the conference room, going to tell you what he found at your organization, and what needs to be done to correct those things. So with that that in mind, he is not going to bring out his ticket book at the end of the closing conference and start writing you citations. Most people think, oh, uh, what, you closed the you, at, at the very end. We had a closing conference, but he, he didn't give me anything. He just left. He takes all that stuff back to his office. He writes up his report. He gives it to his superior, and that's when there's decided whether or not you are going to get a citation. That process can take up to six months. Oh wow! So I can be waiting six months and yeah. Five five months and three weeks. And, I get a and sometimes I get the letter in the mail. Sometimes when there's multiple agencies investigating the same, let's say, had fatalities on your job site. There's multiple agencies investigating that situation that happened. They are waiting for other information from other agencies to finalize their investigation. They they may have to go through the legal process. It may take longer than six months, but they're they're ideally they're going to close it in six months. The conference is going to be closed, and if they decide to issue you a citation, you will get a nice letter in the mail. What does that letter entail? Go ahead. Yeah, let's talk about that letter, and then, (laughs) you know, what what, what do we do with that letter? So here's where you come in, Alex. Here's where I come in. (laughs) Make sure – so now some of the letters come. They're addressed to the president of the company. They'll have a bunch of legal 
ramifications in there. If you don't pay, if you don't comply, uh, you're, these are, this is one of those things where I say you need some type of safety professional, somebody that knows what the regulation says, and then you need some legal counsel if they're requesting additional documents or if, if they believe something is protected. Uh, what, it could be some type of uh, you know, patented uh, they, they, the information that they don't want to give out. That's where the legal counsel comes. Hey, we don't, we don't want to give this information. It's protected by another law. This is their health information. It's protected. Any, anything of that nature. So there are reasons why you need counsel when you get these letters. But if you have somebody that knows a little bit about safety and they say, hey, they caught us, they got us, hey, let's do an informal conference with OSHA. What's an informal conference? You're going to contest the citations. You're going to go down and you're going to meet with OSHA and they're going to reduce the citations amount. Highly recommend you to do this. Some of the first-time offenders now, they're actually not even doing the informal conference. They're giving them a discount right out the gate, sometimes 40%, 50% on a citation. So I had a contractor that just got one not too long ago, and the citation was for like $4,000, and they discounted it by like 40% right out the gate. So he asked me, he said, Brent, should we, should we contest it? Should we still go have an informal conference? I said, well, do you feel like paying you know, $2,300 of some sort? Uh, you, you okay with that? What, how, much, how much time are you going to take up with your own self? How much time am I going to take up? What's this, that, so that becomes a business decision. At sure, cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we're complying with what they cited us for and that we're, we're making corrections. So this this guy he had it was a it was a uh, two people riding in a piece of equipment. OSHA compliance officer drove by, pulled him over, you know, told him you can't do this. They got a citation, they got an OSHA inspection, and boom, here comes the citation. So right. they 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 got off a little bit easy. Um, the the OSHA citations just went up, so everybody knows they went up January fifteenth, January tenth. I think the memo came out right at the beginning of the year. So for a serious uh, OSHA violation, we're up to $13,494 per violation. That's the maximum amount. Minimums around $964. Uh, Same for other than serious. And then you got the willful repeats. Uh, Maximum on those is $134,937. And the minimum is $9,639 for a willful repeat. So you, you, you don't want to be classified in the willful repeat. No, that creates a whole host of oh, problems yeah. because then, you know, you'll have to, you know, some, uh, it affects your insurance. It affects you, the ability to get work. You'll have to disclose that on pre-bid, you know, prequal oh, yeah. forms. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Not good at all. Nope. Don't want to be in the, don't be, want to be in those categories. Yeah. We have a client that has, um, received a willful um and we tried to negotiate it down uh and the osha office was not having it uh they wanted to to keep it as a willful even though it was his first infraction first ocean infraction ever um and uh and we're fighting it because it will materially effective affect his business 
Um, it's actually even less about the dollar amount. It's more about just having to report the fact that he has a willful. Right. Um, the, the, and the willful is the hardest one to prove, you know, because it's the right. knowing, knowingly and willingly part of it. So, yes. you know, it's, it's not one of those things that you want to be classified with. Those two words, the knowingly and willingly, the repeat offenders are where we want to keep everybody away from. Yeah, are you going to get another than serious? Are you going to get a serious violation? It's, it's happened to a lot of people, but we got to stay away from the willfuls and the repeats. So uh, all good advice, Brent. Um, if yeah. folks wanted to get a hold of you to use your service, ask you some more questions, what's the best way to do it? Man, hit me up on the email. Send me an email. Uh, uh, my email is Brent, B-R-E-N-T, at Corp, C-O-R-P, Safety Solutions, with an S on the end, dot com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Brent Huffman, or you can get me on Instagram, Corp Safety Solutions. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, same same uh, handle, Corp Safety Solutions. Uh, we're we're trying to we're trying to post more. We're trying to keep up to date. We're trying to hit the social media hard because we want to just want to give all that information out to as many. We want to help as many people as we can. I really appreciate it, and um, I'm sure people are going to have some questions. Hopefully, it's not right when OSHA's knocking on their door. Um, Hopefully it's before because they've wanted they've asked you to do some training to avoid an issue if OSHA knocks on their yeah, door. Yeah, it's like but you tell I everybody, uh, hire a good attorney before you get into trouble. Same with the safety. Yeah. <laughs> That's hire, right. Hire somebody to deal That's with right. safety before you get into trouble. Brent, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks, Alex. Pleasure. And everybody, thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next time.